Good morning, people of God. Uh, here I had my dress shirt and my uh, number three. Augie comes running up with the Hawaiian shirt. I'm like, darn two, it's, it's Father's a, Day. It's I'm wearing a, Hawaiian. Wearing your dad shirt. Dude. Right? You going, right? Wear my dad shirt. <laughs> One of my kids gave me a... Uh, um, they must have done it in school. It was like things I like about my dad, right? And it was all these, you know, things you would expect from a fourth grader. But he's just like, you know... Uh, <laughs> One of, one of the thing my dad loves the most, watching golf on TV. And I'm like, really? Of all the things you pick, that I've, I've literally, I watched the Masters for like a day and a half. And I was like, that was it. But he, apparently, I don't know if he needed me that day and I wasn't available, but he remembers that moment. Yeah. It's, so, and, and the second favorite thing is watching paint dry. Right. Like, yes. Yeah. And the grass grow. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. So, uh, well, good morning, people of God. What a beautiful day the Lord has given us. Amen. 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 Let's uh, jump into this here. So uh, hopefully you received your communion kits as you walked in. For those of you joining us at home, uh, grab some bread, some wine or juice, uh, following our time of confession this morning as we receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. A couple announcements. Uh, thank you, first off, for your hearts and for your generosity. Last Sunday, we uh, had an ice cream social and raised some funds where all the monies went to uh, an organization or a, a ministry opportunity for us called Kiva, which is going to create uh, small business loans for people in need, in third world countries especially, to help get them off the ground and, and running and self-sufficient and to break the chains of poverty in this world. So we raised over $700. Woo! And again, that's something we are going to continue to do, hopefully in the months and even years to come. So, you know, as the Spirit moves you, if you ever want to donate to that and we're not doing something for it, you can just put Kiva in the corner of your little memo line and we'll just keep adding to that pot and keep helping as many people as we possibly can. And again, the cool thing about that is, is as that person uh, uh, gets their business up and running, they pay back that loan and then we get to send the money to someone to help someone else. So we're just always going to be helping people, which is awesome. Uh, okay, uh, I wanted to share that, again, uh, we want to be returning back to having communion like we used to, where we walk down the aisle, uh, where we take the offering like we used to, things like that. But we need your help. So on the way in today, hopefully you all received uh, not only your bulletin, but also the little yellow slip on the back of that should have an opportunity for you to check a box if you are willing to help. Uh, and again, if we get enough people, we're talking like once every two months you might have to serve communion or help usher or something like that or be a greeter. So uh, the more, the easier. Put it that way. Shocking, I know how that works, right? Uh, we also need a few more helping hands with our coffee area just to restock the coffee station and help that. So if you feel like you could do that, that would be a wonderful gift as well. Uh, at this time, we have a special uh, temple talk today. I'm going to come on up. Scott is going to share um, a little bit about something that we are getting involved with here at King of Kings. All right. Good morning again. I'm Scott Dean. So uh, this time, instead of me talking, I'm going to have someone else. We've got a video here uh, of a new service project that we're getting started with, and these guys can uh, explain it much better than I can, and then I can tell you a little bit real quick at the end about what we're planning to do. 
the struggles for a lot of the people living on the streets just to feel safe and cared for and that I have what I need to survive this day, whether it's finding my next meal or a pair of clothing and trying to get myself in a place where I, I feel well enough to move forward with this day. Every single part of that is a struggle for these folks. I had seen a, a article or something from a group called Lava May out of San Francisco, and I was really inspired by this like mobile showers concept that they had. And I started thinking about like, well, what, what could that look like here in Metro Detroit and having conversations with some of our, our core group. And, you know, we really wanted to be intentional about not just having an idea and running with it. We wanted to connect with the community and, you know, see if the need really was one that existed and also to gather feedback and gain some wisdom and let God work through that. So we started scheduling meetings with local nonprofits that serve the home and uh, we started doing a monthly outreach barbecue to provide food and some items for folks, but also to build some relationships in the community. And uh, overwhelmingly, it became known that, yeah, hygiene is a big issue and mobile showers were not only a good idea just on the base level of like providing people showers and the opportunity to get clean. It just became really clear to us that it would be amazing to, to be able to take the resources to the need. WAVE Project stands for Welcoming All Valuing Everyone, and uh, we're a 501c3. Uh, we operate a mobile shower service. If you could imagine like a full-size truck pulling about a 23-foot trailer, each stall has a sink, a toilet, and a shower, and it's private space. It's all climate controlled, and it was manufactured specifically so that we can run it 12 months a year. We have one truck, one trailer, the essentials van, and uh, uh, you know, we literally crisscross all over Metro Detroit. Last year, we were able to do like 2,300 showers. We have a couple of coordinators that drive the shower trailer to a site. The Essentials Van, which is our mobile clothing closet, also has a coordinator that a lot of times is uh, right there with the shower service. And guests, they come up to the Essentials Van and they meet our coordinator and they ask for the clothing that they need. It could be socks, underwear, t-shirts. Uh, sometimes we have sweat pants and jeans. We have some scarves, some like fleece scarves, hats, gloves, hygiene. They then take those items over to the shower trailer. Uh, each of our guests normally gets about 15 minutes in the shower. Uh, again, they can lock it. It's completely private and secure. We have towels. We give them towels. And they got a whole sink in it. And toilet. And then we got soap and shampoo on the wall to push button. Volunteers and employees clean the showers after every single use to make sure that they're clean and they're really nice for our guests, but also safe for our guests. Once their, their time is done, you know, we, we like to try to connect with them and have a conversation if we can. I feel like some of them are my friends. <laughs> so it's really cool. And when we don't see somebody for a few weeks, you know, um, we're excited when we see their face again. And sometimes not seeing them could be a good thing. Could mean that they've, they've gotten back on their feet.
it's hard. Yes, yes, and that's the best part, just being around, just being around the community and helping the community. Why, why do you want to do this? Is it just- uh, it's it's what it's what it's what what, what is right. And uh, and I've been in this situation before, yeah. and uh, I, I, I'm in McCrest program, and I just completed it. So I was I was homeless too, and I, I know what it feel like. To, I know what it feel like needing help. You have to kind of give back because I had like used the services before in the past, and these are a great group of people to work with. They're nice and kind, and that's like the least I can do is come in and help them out. Maybe a couple hours a week or whatever. Most of us take for granted the idea that we have a functioning, really nice bathroom feet from our bed. And, you know, I, I challenge people to really think about the value of a shower. We've had multiple guests that have shown up and said, I haven't taken a shower in months. The way one would feel, uh, not only physically, but emotionally in that sort of moment. And so for us, a lot of times guests come up to the, the shower trailer or the essentials van, uh, you know, because of all the challenges of living on the streets, they're quite guarded, right? Maybe not in the best mood or, uh, you know, mental state. But if they do trust us and agree to take a shower, uh, once they go in and, and spend their time, you know, taking a shower and getting refreshed and hopefully putting on a fresh set of clothes, there is nothing better than the moment than when they open that door and their personality completely changes and they come alive. And um, it is just a beautiful, beautiful moment to be a part of. We love our volunteers and we love our employees and a lot of people are really kind to me and you know I, I get to do interviews like this uh, but the reality is that it's, it's not me. God has really brought some amazing people to our organization. It's her birthday! Wish I had something to be somebody who who is here to see them to show them love and know that they're not alone is is what we're all about it's not about ending homelessness it's about meeting them where they're at and loving them So what, what we've started doing is uh, we've been interested in working with these folks, talk to them, um, and they have been looking at trying to do some meal service. So what we had signed up for was one Saturday a month for two hours to provide coffee, water, granola bars, bananas, just some you know refreshments like that that people can grab whether they're showering or not. So um, we've done that for two months now we've tried that within the God's Work Our Hands group. Kind of wanted to see how things went. Um, put together a, a bin so that anybody that was interested in doing it, everything you need pretty much is in that bin. You just take that and go. And it's just two hours a month, four people. And so we've signed up for the fourth Saturday of the month. It's at um, First United Methodist, um, right at the corner of Cass and Gratiot. 
in Mount Clemens. So close, easy, two hours whiz by. It was amazing to be able to, to be there and help and to talk to people on that. So now we're looking at this point, at, uh, now that we know what we're doing, to open it up to the congregation for anybody that would be interested in helping out. Um, so I put a board up out in the lobby that explains it a little bit more and has a sign-up sheet, and we can coordinate and work with folks uh, to move forward for the next couple of months to be able to provide that service. So thank awesome. you very much. Thank you. What an amazing gift. Thank you, Scott, and thank you for our God's Work Our Hands team who are uh, doing that. I know we've had a couple of people uh, out and just experiencing that already, so that's pretty awesome. I wanted to give a shout-out. It is Father's Day, so a big shout-out and a blessing for all of you fathers who uh, have biological children of your own, for you fathers who are emotional and and physical support, for maybe kids that you're adopted or or kids that you are around, and for all of those without biological children who bring a father's love. Just know that you are being lifted up today, that uh, we thank you for all the ways that you bring a father's love into this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Notice it's kind of like the Mother's Day blessing, but short. That's why we do it for dads. Yeah. I did want to lift up one more thing. Um, Our congregation, uh, our council this past Thursday voted to uh, start a conversation about being an RIC congregation. Uh, It's a Reconciling in Christ church. Uh, Basically, it means having a conversation about what it means to be inclusive and what it means to truly be a welcoming congregation. Uh, no decisions are made. Through, it's just a big old conversation. So just know that in the weeks and months to come, we're going to be talking more about what it means to be a church of Jesus Christ, uh, a church that people can feel safe uh, coming to. Uh, some churches say that all are welcome and are judged immediately when they find out that they are other than. Um, it hurts my heart when coming to church this morning on the radio and hearing that this month alone there are 500 anti-LGBTQ laws across our country that are on the docket. And I don't know another population in our society that has more anti-laws right now that are going against them. So again, regardless of, of how you feel personally about the LGBTQ, we've got people who are suffering. And what does it mean to be church? So that's the conversation. Again... No decisions are being made. Let's just talk about it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Not easy work, but I think it is godly work. So, with all that said, and I know that was all a lot, but I invite you to stand as you are able. Greet the neighbors you have around you. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, God of compassion, You have opened the way for us and brought us to Yourself. Pour Your love into our hearts, that overflowing with joy we may freely share the blessings of Your realm and faithfully proclaim the good news of all that You are in our lives. We ask all this in Your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
I'm going to jump right into our gospel reading for today. It is a doozy, so I invite you to buckle up as we uh, read from the book of Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to, the, to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. And these are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon of Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your own feet as you leave that house or that town. Truly I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Whew. See, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. So be like serpents, or be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Be, be aware of them. For they will hand you over to the councils and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me as a testimony to them and the Gentiles. When they hand you over, don't worry about how you will speak or what you will say, for you are to say what will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and father his child, and children his, will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name. But the ones who endure to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next, for truly I tell you, you will not have gone through all the towns in Israel before the Son of Man comes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Like I said, a doozy, right? Well, I don't know about you, but even just in hearing that, my first thought was, ah, there is so much in these verses. So where do you start with all of this? 
Here we have Jesus on the loose. As Matthew tells us, he's going from city to city, village to village, town to town, teaching, preaching, curing every disease and sickness. And so I don't know where we start. I mean, do we start with, with the crowds that Jesus sees? The hungry and sick, the harassed and helpless. Do we see them without a leader? Like, G, like Matthew says, like they were sheep without a shepherd. He sees people who are overlooked, people who are thrown to the side. He sees people who are not being seen as people. And upon seeing them, he doesn't judge them. He didn't complain about them. Instead, he has compassion for them. There's a sermon all by itself. Or do we start by noticing who Jesus tells them to begin serving and sharing the good news with? Notice it's not the outsiders. He says, don't go to the Gentiles and don't go to the Samaritans. But instead he says, it's time we take care of our own house. Go to the insiders. Not to the ends of the earth. Start in our backyard. There are lost sheep among us. According to Jesus, Israel's problems are with Israel. It's like that saying, when you look in the mirror, the enemy is the person looking back in the mirror. So start by seeing people who aren't seeing all of my people, God's people, with their eyes and with their hearts. The problem isn't the crowds of harassed and helpless people. It's us. That could be a sermon all by itself. Or do we start with the fact that Matthew takes the time to name all 12 of these disciples? Twelve disciples now turn to apostles because they are sent out. Jesus gives them authority and says, get out of here. I need you on the feet. I need you on the roads. And we know that there were way more than 12 people following Jesus. But Matthew takes a moment to name these 12. And because of that, we know them. We remember them. We have Peter and Andrew and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and Thomas and Matthew, the other James, the other Simon, Thaddeus, and of course, even Judas. We remember them because Matthew took the time to write their names down and have them remembered. And aren't we too called to remember names these days? With Juneteenth happening tomorrow, it's good to remember names like Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks. With the Black Lives Matter movement, remember how important it was to say those names out loud, like George Floyd and Ahmed Arbery and Breonna Taylor and Philando Castile and Trayvon Martin and so many more to say their names so they will not be forgotten. Well, that's not the only time that we're called to remember names, right? On the first Sunday of November, typically, we have what's called All Saints Day, where we lift up and name all of those people who are now in heaven, people who helped change and shape our lives. We name names then. Or you look at some of our major monuments, right? The Vietnam War Memorial. They list all of the names, or at least as many as they could, so that we might remember those names and not forget the cost of war. All of that could be a sermon by itself. Or do we start by seeing who Jesus is entrusting His mission and His work to? I mean, have you ever considered what an odd assortment these disciples were? 
None of them were trained in religious authority or public speaking. They were common everyday folk. Most of them were fishermen who sit in a boat by themselves all day long. You think of, of what happens throughout their time. We know that, that Peter's going to deny knowing Jesus. We know that Judas is going to betray him. We know that Thomas is going to uh, uh, not believe unless he can see and touch. And sure, they may have all been Israelites, but they covered every different perspective and political side. Matthew was a tax collector who worked along with the Romans. Simon the Canaanian is known as a zealot, which means he wanted the Romans wiped off the face of the earth. You can imagine the two of them in the same room together. Complete opposite sides of the political spectrum, yet these are the people that Jesus brings together on the same team, sending them out to do exactly what he's been doing. Teaching, preaching, healing, loving, telling and showing people exactly what this new kingdom is all about. That could be a sermon all by itself. You see why I'm struggling with even picking one of these? All of them could be amazing lessons for us to learn. So where do we start? So much that we might say, so much that we can say, so much that needs to be said. So where do we start? I prayed about that this uh, so much this week about how to address what's going on in this Bible reading, what's going on in our lives, in our, in our town, in our state, in our nation, in the world. Lord, where do we start? And God totally answered my prayer. The answer that I heard day after day this week is far less important about where we start. What matters is that we actually do start. Somewhere. Anywhere. Are you hearing this? Care less about where to start and just start. That's the calling that I see out of our Scripture reading today. So let's get real. There is so much going on in our world today that it is so easy to get overwhelmed with, especially the big major issues of our country and of this world. There are crowds crying out, screaming out for justice, for peace, for life, for love, for gender equality, for freedoms and rights, for jobs, for supporting those being oppressed. And like Jesus, what if? What if instead of judgment, what if instead of being so concerned about which side someone is on, what if we start with compassion? That would be a great start. Compassion starts with listening. And not listening so that you can have some ammunition to combat whatever the person is saying. That is such a huge trend right now on social media. On the little TikToks that come across my screen, it's all, you wouldn't believe who got destroyed by this debate. How did that help? How does it help to make someone else look like an idiot? How does, it make, how, does, how does it help for another person to feel superior to the other? I had a, a rough week this week where I all of a sudden caught myself reading and listening to other people's thoughts and opinions and immediately trying to form my own thoughts. 
immediately trying to form my own opinions about ways that they were wrong or, or how they weren't considering my needs or what, what I was going through. How dare they unload on me when they're not asking me about me? But thank God for the Holy Spirit who totally calmed my heart, allowed me to take a huge step back from myself and allowed me to have a new set of ears where I could listen. Not form judgments or opinions, but just listen to hear the pain and the struggle and the challenges that the person across from me was going through. That's where Jesus starts. He doesn't look at that crowd and go, well, you deserve my help. You definitely don't. Matthew says he has compassion for them. He sits down with them, listens to them, is present with them, hears them, regardless of who they are. And I think it's time that we all start doing that a little bit more. Amen? That's a great place for us to start. And who does Jesus encourage his followers to start with? Not the others. Not the grand scheme. We don't have to go to the national capital to to make a difference. He says, no, start in your backyard. Start with, first of all, how about this? Start with yourself. Look in the mirror and, and think to yourself, wow, am I being the person that Jesus is inviting me to be? And as we do that, maybe start to look at our families. Maybe our friends. Maybe even our church. Are we living into who we are called to be as followers of Jesus Christ? Are we sharing the good news? Are those that we are helping, hearing and seeing what we're doing as good news? Sometimes we think we're helping. That there is a kingdom of love and acceptance and forgiveness and mercy and that it's on its way. This is where Jesus tells His apostles to start. And what a great time to look around and see that while we may differ on countless issues, on what side we fall on with the, on what things, and while we all bring in different experiences and perspectives to bear, just like those disciples who definitely didn't agree, probably on most things, Jesus invited them to set aside their differences and get busy for good. Maybe that's a good place to start. What was once the calling and purpose of the disciples is now yours and mine. That is our mission now. This story is ours. Regardless of our politics, of our passions, of our opinions, our job is to bring the the kingdom here into people's lives, to proclaim the good news. Jesus now turns to us to, to cure the sick, to raise those feeling dead, to cast out the demons that are oppressing people in our lives. To look beyond our own thoughts and to listen to the needs of the other. To hear their hurt and their unheard laments. To truly see them, not out of fear or judgment, but with compassion and as a sister or as a brother. I've come to realize that, uh, well, some of you might hear my words on any given Sunday and feel supported and validated. And others of you might feel like I have an agenda. And I'll just be bluntly honest with you. I do have an agenda. Okay? To preach what Jesus said and did. That's my agenda. 
to proclaim the good news of forgiveness, mercy, and love. And there will be times when you and I will be comforted by what is said in these in, in Scripture and through a sermon, and there will be times when you will feel conflicted and uncomfortable. What does it mean to love and to help and to listen to someone different than you? To someone that you think is wrong or a sinner or whatever else? That should make us all uncomfortable. It's hard. Jesus never said following Him was going to be easy. And if we do think it's easy, are we following Jesus? It's messy. It's confusing. It's challenging. It causes us to grow outside of being comfortable, causing us to learn and to change and seeing things in new perspectives. We don't get a chance to hear in this Scripture how the apostles responded to Jesus. Because I'm guessing if they're anything like us, Jesus says, here, go into random people's homes. We'd be like, no, not doing that. Not interested. Don't bring money. Are you kidding, Jesus? I can't bring a change of clothes. What? Not interested. Didn't sign up for this. I know I can get food on my plate at home if I just go back to fishing. That's comfortable. This is what I hear in our reading today, that no matter how you feel compelled to start sharing the love of Jesus, just start. Start somewhere, anywhere, with anyone. Start with the people you know best. Start with yourself. Start with your spouse, your kids, your neighbor, your best friend. Start there. That should be easy. And then just pray for people. Listen to people. Be open to where Jesus might lead you. The world is in great need of compassion and hope and to hear of a God who loves them so much He was willing to die for them. And so may you and I, this week, sisters and brothers and dear ones, may you and I be the ones who step outside of ourselves this week, who put aside our differences, who put aside our thoughts and opinions, and just see people as sisters and brothers, people who God loved so much that He died for. And to see people as worthy of our time and our love. And to be challenged by that. Maybe even uncomfortable with that. And just watch how God uses those moments to bring God's kingdom into this world. May you and I dare to live as we are called to live. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we again can't thank you so much. We can't thank you enough for the gift of this day. Not only to be uh, just excited about the weather and and maybe the people we have around us today and the ability to be in a, a worship service and to have vehicles that work that got us here or to know that we're going to eat later, but to know that, man, you have a mission for us. That regardless of who we are, where we are right now, We have a purpose. And that purpose can literally change lives, including our own. God, give us a special portion of Your Spirit today to step outside of ourselves, to hear the needs of others, to dare to speak a word of promise and of hope and of love first, 
and to watch the, the chains and shackles come off of those who are oppressed and overburdened. We ask that you uh, be with our loved ones. We, we ask that you uh, bless all fathers today. That we too, as dads and as people who uh, bring a father's love, can also be encouraged and challenged to bring a word of love. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. Please stand as you are able. Trusting in God's abundant mercy, let us now offer prayers for those who are in need. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, God of grace, please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. We pray for the church here and around the world. Seek out disciples and send them out with authority to proclaim good news, to bring healing where there is pain, and to counter the forces of evil. God of grace, hear our prayer. For the earth and all its creatures, we pray. Equip farmers, farm workers, and all who labor on the land to produce a harvest. Nourish crops with ample rainfall and abundant sunshine. God of grace, hear our prayer. For those who govern, we pray. Empower those who seek peaceful solutions to conflict and help us advocate for all who are oppressed. God of grace, hear our prayer. For those who suffer, we pray. Accompany those who feel helpless, alone, or abandoned. Heal those who are sick, especially those we name now, either silently or out loud. God of grace, hear our prayer. For fathers and father figures, we pray. Console all who long to be fathers, children estranged from their fathers, anyone grieving the death of a father, and fathers who have lost a child. Draw near to all for whom this day stirs up difficult emotions. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ our Lord as we now pray the prayer He taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We'll now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times when we have failed to live as God calls and invites us to live. So I invite you to use the words of the screen along with me. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. 
And through God, through Jesus, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people say, Amen. This time I invite you to take out your communion, kids. For those of you at home, I invite you to take out your bread and wine or juice as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me, the body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you this day and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. As always, uh, thank you for all the ways you continue to love and support our community of faith here. Uh, with the offering, there are buckets on your way out. For those of you at home, there's a QR code or you can mail in checks. Just know every little bit goes to how we can help our community best. Now may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. Amen. People of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.